Tonight we're going to be preaching on signs, wonders, and miracles. We're going to be preaching about three ways uh, that the Lord uses signs, wonders, and miracles. How many know that the days of miracles are not over? Amen. Amen. How many believe He's still a wonder-working God? And he still reveals himself through things that are supernatural. And so we're going to be preaching on signs, wonders, and miracles tonight. But today we're going to be looking at Luke 13 this morning. Luke 13 and verse 19. Luke 13 and verse 19. Amen. And I think we have that on the screen for you. Luke 13, verse 19, talking about the kingdom of God, Jesus said, it's like a mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden and it grew and it waxed great and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. I want to preach to you today on the subject, birds of a feather, question mark, birds of a feather. Let's pray. Father. Lord, I need you at this very moment. I'm asking you, Lord, to give me the unction of your spirit, the empowerment of your spirit to preach your word. But we're also praying, God, that you would season uh, our words with the salt of grace, oh God. Speak to our hearts, touch us at the core of our being, and we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord one more hand of praise for his word. Jesus said that the mustard seed was the smallest of all seeds, and yet when that mustard seed was planted, it grew into a a large bush. And great things start from small things, and small things uh, sometimes are the packages of great things. The kingdom of God, the nature of the kingdom of God is to grow. But as the kingdom of God grows, it attracts birds in its branches. And sometimes those birds are birds of prey. Sometimes those birds are birds that are songbirds. Some of those birds have beautiful feathers. Some of those birds steal other birds' nests. In other words, as the kingdom of God grows, it's going to attract a lot. Not a lot of people know this, but when they had the great Methodist camp meetings back in the 1800s, we're talking about without air conditioning, without a building to sit in, without air conditioning, without uh, amplification, microphones, without any of that, without any screens, without any television, in places like Cane Ridge in Kentucky, they would have 20,000 people come. In fact, those great camp meetings, a lot of times they didn't just have one speaker. They would have a speaker that had a group of a 1,000 or so gathered up over here and a speaker over there that had a group of a 1,000 or so gathered up. And it was wonderful. It was a great move of God, but also at the same time, those that promoted gambling and those that promoted liquor sales and those that promoted prostitution went to where the people were. 
so that on the outskirts of a great revival, there were birds of prey <laughs> that were attracted to try to tempt and deceive the righteous. Now the church is a manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is not visible with the naked eye. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. But the, the manifestation, the, the visible outward manifestation of the kingdom of God is the church. We are part of the kingdom and the kingdom is part of us. But the way all that works in this earth is, is the church. And the church, like the kingdom, attracts a lot of birds, right? I'm just wondering, have you ever known any birds that went, you know, went to church with a bird? It attracts a lot of birds. Now, I know you're probably smart enough for me not to make this application for you, but let me go ahead and do it while I'm talking about birds. I'm not talking about birds, okay? So I just want you to listen out to see what kind of a bird you think you are. Now, I don't want you to do this, and this is going to require some discipline. I don't want you to try to figure out what kind of bird your neighbor is. <laughs> I don't want you, when I read one, to say, yep, that's Brit. Don't do that, okay? We're talking about you, not, not about others. What kind of bird are you? Now, some of these are meant to be humorous. I hope you'll find them so but sometimes even in humor, there's some truth. Let me just start with the most obvious one, the dodo, <laughs> right? Have you ever known any dodos in church? I like what somebody said, that uh, Pentecostals, we attract spiritual granola, fruits, flakes, and nuts, right? <laughs> that happens very often, don't it? If you look in that tree, you'll see one that is hanging upside down. That's the dodo bird. Now, they will tell you in science that the dodo bird went extinct. Don't believe them. I've ran into too many of them to know that the dodo bird is still around. And then you see one branch of that tree, and it is loaded down with a family. It is the poultry branch of that tree. First of all, there's old daddy rooster on the poultry branch. Right? And let me tell you what that rooster likes to do. He likes to crow and he likes to strut. Right? In the church, he usually lands behind the pulpit. Right? <laughs> hey man, you ever known any of them? Don't say we got one now, okay? I'm a peacock. <laughs> no, there's a peacock over there. There he is. <laughs> now, Old Daddy Rooster also has a brother that's a rooster. He doesn't like to crow and strut. He likes to fight. And so what he'll do is if you don't watch him, if you don't keep an eye on him, he will dig that spur into you. I just Has anybody ever known any of these kinds of birds in the family tree of the church? And then there's Mother Hen. And thank God for the mother hens of the church. I love the example that Jesus uses as he's marching into Jerusalem. And it is his coronation day and he sees Jerusalem and he weeps over Jerusalem. 
And he says, out of a broken heart, how I have wanted to gather you to myself. Like a mother hen gathers her brood, but you would not. God in the Old Testament talked about hiding us under the shelter of his wings. You might remember the illustration of the farmer who's... Uh, barn burned and he went out and it was a total loss and he saw what he thought was just a a mound of of charred hay and he just kind of kicked it with his foot and when he did he he saw that it was the the burned and charred body of a mother hen but when he kicked it a few little smutty little chicks ran out the mother hen had gathered them under her wings and protected them from the fire And aren't you glad that's the grace of God for you and I? How he gathers us up under his wings and protects us from fire. And the Lord has people in the church that have that kind, compassionate spirit. That they're a mother hen. I can't tell you how many times Elaine Fox has laid her her wing over on me. I used to feel so good. She would tell me how good I was, how much she loved me. And then I heard her doing that to Charlie Davis. And I said, she doesn't have discernment. Amen. (laughs) But what a spiritual gift to gather people up under your wing, to gather people to yourself, to love and protect people. But that mother hen has a sister. And she likes to get together with the other hens and have a party. And they cluck, 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 right? Some of you probably don't remember the old musical, uh, The Music Man, but there's part of that where the women come out with their feathered hats and the little song goes, uh, you know, peck a little, cluck a little, chirp a little, peck a little, and they're town gossips. And yeah, there's a few of those in the church as well, right? There are a few of that brand of poultry in the church. And then there's the children, there's the chickens. And the chickens, well, they like to run from a fight. As long as everybody's doing all right, things are going well. As long as there's no problems, the chickens are content to scratch around in the barnyard. But the moment that there's trouble, they run from a fight. They're chicken. I've got a riddle for you. Why did the chicken cross the road? To go to the other church, right? (laughs) To go to their next church. You have all of these in the kingdom of God. There's the ostrich. The ostrich is bigger than the rest of the birds. The ostrich takes up a lot of room. The ostrich likes to cool itself in the shade of the tree. But the ostrich doesn't mind hiding its head in the sand and pretend like bad things doesn't happen. You know, there are people that even in our day are still Christians, that even in our day, with all that's going on around us, they think that as a Christian, it's our responsibility just to duck our head in the sand and hope for the best and keep a positive attitude. Instead of lifting up our eyes and realizing that our world is in trouble and we have a role to play 
in praying and seeking God and reaching out and loving the least, the last, and the lost and pretending that there's no problem doesn't solve the problem. Right? Unfortunately, in the church, in the kingdom, it seems like the biggest bird is the ostrich. If you kind of say to the devil, if you don't disturb me, I won't disturb you. The problem is, is the devil is a devil in spite of himself. He's never going to leave you well enough alone. The devil will never honor any truce that you make with him. He will always come after you and yours. Sadly, there's a few hawks in the church. The hawks like to perch in the higher branches. And they're always ready to swoop down and gobble up the little guy. But thankfully, there are a few owls in the tree as well. <clears throat> you know why the owl is so wise? Because he keeps his eyes open. And he's so wise because he has practically a 360 degree panoramic view. He's able to look at things more than just one way. He's able to see from somebody else's perspective. He's able to look and see before he speaks. Thank God that there's some wise old owls in the branches. <clears throat> but that owl has a brother, and that brother's favorite saying is, Who? Who? And I've known a few owls that rather than demonstrate their wisdom, they've always got, Who me? Who's going to mow the grass? <laughs> Who's going to wash the dishes? Who's going to teach the Sunday school class? Who's going to be a, an usher? Who's going to park the car? In fact, I've ran into a few owls that had some wonderful ideas of what needed to be done, <laughs> but they always ask the question, who needs to do it? There's all kinds of birds in the aviary of the kingdom of God. And sadly, there's some vultures. Vultures have a voracious appetite. You can never feed them enough. And vultures will eat any old garbage that you throw out to them. It's sad to say, but how many knows that there are Christian people that will sit up under false teaching and gobble it up like it's filet mignon. Aren't they? Some people will eat anything. Here's the problem with vultures is they will pick you to the bone. They'll pick you try, uh, dry. They always take more than they give. And then there is the, <laughs> the cuckoo. The cuckoo... Bird is the bird that at 12 o'clock always says, what time is it? The cuckoo clock. No, I'm just kidding about that. The cuckoo bird is the one that will lay its eggs in another's nest. It'll swoop into somebody else's work and it will lay its eggs there and that, those hatchlings will kick the other birds out of the nest. And sadly, even in the church, 
there's not everybody that's in Israel is of Israel. Even in their church, there are people that lay poisonous eggs. And then there is the raven. The raven was listed as a uh, as a uh, unclean bird. In the list of things that that the people of Israel could eat, the raven was not on the list. And the reason is, is the raven is kind of omnivorous. It's not just a carnivore, and it's not just a scavenger. It will, it'll eat grain, it'll, it'll eat seeds, it'll eat fresh meat, it'll eat carrion. Whenever Noah let out the raven from the ark, the raven didn't come back. You know why? Because he was very content to just light on a floating body, bloated floating body. The dove wouldn't do that. The dove came back because the dove wouldn't land on floating and carrying him. But the raven would. Ravens sometimes don't have the discernment that they need. Ravens are not worthy. But I want you to listen at the grace of Almighty God. When God's man for his day, Elijah, was in the middle of a drought. And Elijah was at a brook that was running dry because there was no rain. And because there was no rain, there was a famine. Do you know who God used to take meat and feed the prophet of God? He used the raven. I am in no way trying to excuse the times that we live less than our best. I'm not trying to make excuses for us at all. I'm not saying that your lifestyle doesn't matter. It matters very much. But I will say that the times that you feel, I'm unworthy. How could God ever use anybody like me? I'm going to tell you that there are many times that I, please don't misunderstand me. It's important for you to know that I don't live a double life. I'm not involved in immorality, all of that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, anybody that's been around me any length of time knows that I don't always have the long-suffering that I need, <laughs> right? There are times that I speak short to my friends. There's times I speak short to our staff. And there are many times that I speak short to my family. I, I am by far not perfect. Please don't say amen there. And there are times that I say, Lord, how in the world are you going to use me? But because he's a gracious God, he'll give me a little piece of meat. that I can pass along to hungry people. You may feel like that you're beyond usefulness in the kingdom of God, but if you'll take the meat that God gives you and you'll pass it along to somebody who's hungry, you can be a great use to the kingdom of God. God doesn't use ravens because they're ravens. He uses them in spite of them being ravens. But I had a great friend one time tell me, he said, Britt, I'm so glad that God sometimes uses me in spite of me. He said, but I want the Lord to help me live in such a way that he doesn't have to do it in spite of me.
Don't you? Don't you want him to kind of take the raven part out of you and help you to live a step better? I'm not talking about living in gross immorality. I'm just talking about living beneath what we should be. You know, there are some things that I say sometimes that I don't know that are sinful, but they're beneath me. Right? There's some attitudes that I display sometimes. I don't know that I'm, I'm you know, going to, uh, to fry for, but they're beneath me. I wonder if there's any Christians here today that say, you know, sometimes I talk in a way or act in a way that is beneath me. It's beneath who I am. It's beneath what I've been called to be. It's beneath the standard that I've set for myself. It's beneath the standard that God has for me. And yes, God still uses me and I'm so grateful, but I don't want him to have to overlook my faults to use me. I want him to make me into the person that he can use to a greater extent and in a purer way. If you look at the very top branch of the tree, you will see the majestic eagle. I am so glad that in the kingdom of God and in the church that there are those that God has touched and anointed in such a way that they set a standard in holiness, in love, in righteousness, in usefulness. God's given them gifts. God's anointed those gifts. God's given them talents. We all can call to our mind those people that in our uh, in our experience, are the eagles in the kingdom of God. We've watched them soar high. And if you look at the top, the very top of the tree, there is the majestic eagle. But Coleman has taught about, and I've taught you at various times about the eagles, that the eagle goes through periods in their life called, called the molt. When they go through the molt, their feathers start to fall out. When they go through the molt, the calcium deposits build up on their head. When they go through the molt, they begin to emit an odor that is not pleasant. When they go through the molt, they are not able to fly. To fly. They lose their vision. That famous eagle eye is gone when they're going through the molt. When they go through the molt, they gather together on some barren mountaintop with other eagles that are going through the molt because misery loves company. And because they, they're miserable, they'll start pecking at each other. And they would starve to death if other eagles that had not gone through the molt before them didn't have pity and drop some meat to them every once in a while. And there is nothing more sad then when you look up in the tree of the kingdom and you see the eagle suffering, instead of soaring, he's sulking. His head is bowed low and he's hurting. But thank God, this is the promise of God. 
They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen to me. And there's some eagles I'm talking to today. Listen to me. You may go through a period of molding, but it's not always going to be like that. The wind will be beneath your wings again, and you'll soar one more time with the grace of Almighty God. But I've got some bad news for you. (laughs) You don't just go through the molt once. (laughs) The longer you live, you realize that periodically... You've got to go through some change. But can I give you some hope? The only reason that you shed the old feathers is because God's got new ones coming. (laughs) He, He is not abusing you. He is renewing you. He has not cast you aside. He has drawn you apart. And when your youth is renewed, You'll soar higher than you've ever soared before. Now, you're going to have to strain a little bit with me for this next family member. Because he is buried deep within the boughs and the branches. He's so small that you can barely see him. And his little chirp is hardly heard above the cacophony of sounds coming from the kingdom. She is often overlooked. He is often not on the top of anyone's mind. But they are many. And they're the little sparrow. And to the world, the sparrow was so insignificant that when you would buy a sparrow, you could buy one for a penny. But if you wanted to spend two pennies, they'd give you three for two pennies. In other words, so insignificant Huh, let me just throw one in. Maybe you feel like that you don't matter to the kingdom of God. You don't matter to God. You don't matter to the church. But aren't you so glad that his eye is on the sparrow and that he knows every time a sparrow falls? And whenever the sparrow falls, there's a nailed, scarred hand that reaches down from heaven and scoops that sparrow up and places it back on the branch. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? Jesus is my portion A constant friend is he. And his eye is on the sparrow. So I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. 
And I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Well, you might think that I've probably covered every bird imaginable in that tree. But let me tell you that there's one special bird. There's the dove. And the dove descends from heaven. And when the dove comes and lights in the tree, the tree that was dry, the branches that were bare begin to blossom and grow. When the dove comes and lights in the tree, all of those birds that's been singing their own song begin to sing in harmony. When the dove comes and lights in the tree, all of a sudden, all of those birds from the dodo to the cuckoo, they all become birds of a feather. They all begin to sing on key. The dove is the one who was the power in the seed that caused the tree to grow. The dove is the Holy Ghost of God. Now let, let, let me tell you that what the problem that we have in the church is. We think that we know how to train birds. And we think if we can just figure it out, that we can get the vulture to get along with the ostrich. And we can get the owl and the rooster to agree. In fact, we think we're so smart, we can get them all to enjoy doing it and just live like one big family. But let me tell you that the kingdom of God is so diverse that the only thing that makes it run as it should is the presence of the dove of God. The Holy Ghost of God transforms everything. And if you don't have that, you know what you have? You have all the chickens go start their own tree. You have all the vultures go start their own tree. You have all of the, of the uh, cuckoos go start their tree and the dodos start their tree. And you look around our world today, we got a dodo church on this corner, a cuckoo church on that corner, right? An ostrich church over there, a rooster church over there. That's not what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God, even above those eagles, sets the fluttering dove of the Holy Ghost of God. And he brings healing in his wings. Thank God. Thank God for the dove of God.